Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, folks, I'm super, super excited to get into this conversation. We have with us Igor Kafitz, and um, I, I have so much to say. But before we get into any of that, Igor, can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So we had some difficulties getting on this call, and I was determined. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what we need to do, but let's have this conversation because I know, and, and a lot of times, those are the times you have the best um, opportunities. You meet people and the best things happen when it's hard to get going. So thank you for, for working through all the stuff and let's um, and, and getting to this uh, convo. Um, the first thing I want to really ask you is um, I was doing some, some research before um, our interview and I went to your website and I noticed that you have a podcast. So I, you know, I thought, let me check out his podcast so I can get a sense of who who I'm going to be meeting. So I hit play and there's this voice that comes on that is sounds like your voice, but it's not your voice. So give us the two minute version of your business, what you do, and then tell us about that voice that I heard when I hit play. Sure. So my business is helping people start lifestyle businesses where they can break the link between their time and their income. So, you know, how people tend to get out of high school and go and build their life on the journey. Like they, they they get on this path to getting a wage job, like to getting basically a job that pays by the hour, right? So if you work, you get paid. If you don't, you don't. And your income is limited by the amount of hours you have a day, um, as well as the, the amount of days you work in a, in a week or a month. Well, I always hated that idea. And I've uh, kind of figured out a way several ways actually to build online businesses where there's no link between how many hours you put in to how many uh to how much money you make for example we're recording this in the, in the beginning of 2023 and uh, on new year's day uh on the december 31st when i wasn't working at all i've made over twenty thousand dollars because of my automations working for me rather than me having to work for every dollar that i make now part of what i do is uh is a podcast called the list billing lifestyle show and uh, we publish a lot and the thing is that um it, it requires me to to record custom introductions for every episode and at one point i got kind of tired of doing that because uh the way my personality works at this point is anything i have to do over and over and over and over and over again anything that's repetitive i'm trying to like outsource it automate it whatever like because it just doesn't seem efficient to me so um i looked up this software called descript 
that allows you to teach it how you speak by feeding it recordings of your voice and you know uh, of your uh, content basically spoken content and then it produces output based on the text you put in so i could actually have an assistant write the introduction just in a word document and then the software reads it as if it's me now of course it's still a software it's still learning so i do sound a bit like the terminator so my my tonality is off and my you know um the tempo is off and uh uh uh, it just it doesn't exactly sound like me but it's close enough for us to start testing it and uh that's why it sounds a bit weird but at the same time i didn't have to record the intro i didn't have to sit down with my microphone in my studio to record it and that's a big deal to me because that gives me back my time and um allows me to do other more exciting things with it. so what i do is i help people start online businesses where their time and their income are not connected we break the link between the amount of hours you work and the amount of money you make that's been my focus for the last 15 years or so it's mastering every aspect of automation leverage earning income without having to work one quote a day job because most people step on the path ever since high school probably they step on the path of looking for a job or having they have this mindset of my time is worth this much but i think that's a trap because it limits your income and it forces you to think that you always have to work to make money now uh, for example on new year's day on uh, december 31st and we're recording this in the beginning of uh, 2023 um, i've made over twenty thousand dollars even though it didn't work i pretty much spent all day with my wife and two kids and playing call of duty uh, I didn't touch the business per se. Now, why the money came in? Because of the systems that I set up and because of the internet, of course, and tremendous leverage it allows. So my focus has always been to eliminate anything that's manual labor, that's repetitive. And as a result, um, uh, when I started my podcast and I've now had my podcast, The List Building Lifestyle Show for a few years, um, I ran into a challenge where I had to record introductions for every single episode. And when you publish five a week, it gets repetitive. And anything that's repetitive, I try to eliminate from my life. Uh, whether it's uh, cooking or cleaning, whether it's recording introductions, whether it's sending emails, anything that's repetitive. And, you know, I believe it can be automated. So I looked up a software that's essentially an AI model for voice. You know, it's capable of learning a voice based on the content, the spoken content you feed it. So I had my producer put together eight hours of my spoken content from the podcast, give it to the software, it processed content, and then now my assistant can actually write a text, any kind of text in a Word document, give it to this software, and it will speak the content as if it's me. Now, it's not perfect yet. I still sound a bit like a robot, when we use the produced software produced content however it's good enough to me not have to create a unique introduction for each and every single episode now i can take a few breaks and have some episodes go out with a software a generated introduction that kind of sort of sounds like me but it's close enough got it i have questions and we'll get into the nuts and bolts a little bit later but i'm curious to know is this your the first business that you've started uh, Igor? yes this is an evolution of the business i started now close to 15 years ago the first three and a half years were unsuccessful but then 
I started building momentum and money started coming in. And ever since then, I've been uh, making money online consistently. Uh, some years I made more, some years I made less, uh, but I'm consistently making money without having to quote unquote, you know, work, you know, for every dollar that I make. Um, early on, I actually had a model where I was doing a bit of consulting and my income was actually tied like dramatically. My income was tied to my time. I didn't like, I'll be honest with you, I did not like the idea that to get paid, I had to be somewhere. Kind of got bitten by this bug following all the different online marketers at the time to believe that, you know, I should get paid even if I'm not working. Now, this is not to say that I don't work. It's just to say that it is not directly tied to uh, what I do. For example, five years ago, I immigrated to Canada. And so I was living in Israel and I moved my family to Canada. And so it was a pretty tough couple of months. You know, you have to set your life, pretty much reset your life from scratch. You have to get a driver's license, find a house, put your kids in the school and yada, yada, yada. It can preoccupy you. You know, it can be really time intensive and very stressful. Not to mention the whole immigration process in and of itself is a stressful thing. Plus, you're in a brand new environment. You know nobody here. You got no friends. And it just overall was like it took all of my time and all of my bandwidth. And what's interesting is that in those two months, my income continued and remained exactly what it was building up to that moment. For two months, I didn't work. I probably worked maybe two to three hours every other day or so, just checking on some stuff, sending out some emails. But the income remained the same because of the systems and the automations that I've put in place. So talk, talk about that a little bit. The evolution of your business was really generated from your need to be able to be present, to be to have that freedom. So talk about that a little bit. Was there was there a moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to shift this thing so that I don't have to attach time to much. Yeah, there, there's actually, there was a moment, uh, I talk about this on the podcast and I talk about this in my book, The List Building Lifestyle Confessions of an Email Millionaire. It was a moment that made me approach things completely differently because I felt my well-being was at stake. I was already making a little bit of money, like just a tiny little bit, but I was working my ass off. I was spending about 16 hours a day behind my computer screen. I was trying every possible method. I still didn't really figure out a way to get money consistently, but I was seeing glimpses of success. At the time, I already lived with my girlfriend who would later turn become my wife, Anastasia. And uh, I remember one day, it was a summer day. We were in our apartment. I used our bedroom as the office. So I pretty much slept and worked and I spent most of my time there. And I remember finishing work or just get, being exhausted from work, really. It's dark outside and I step into into the living room and I go to the kitchen to get something to eat and I, and I call my wife, uh, my girlfriend, and there's no one there. Now, what's interesting is she just left. Turns out earlier that day, she walked into the room when I was working and she asked me something and I didn't respond. I basically didn't even pay attention to her being there, to her presence. You know, I didn't acknowledge her existence and she just left. She walked and, you know, I started calling all of our friends and she was nowhere to be found. Like I knew she wasn't kidnapped or anything. Like it just doesn't, people don't get kidnapped in our town. You know, I, we lived in a really small town at the time. And so I figured she could only be at one place and that is her mom's place. So I went to her mom's place and she came out and she was angry. I, I had no idea. I was like, what's wrong? She explained. I was shocked. I really was. I was embarrassed and I was shocked. And 
I said, look, I promise I'll find a different way. I'll, I'll figure out a way where I don't have to sacrifice you in favor of making money. That was like a moment when my mindset shifted, where making a lot of money was no longer in and of itself a goal. It had to come with a condition that I had to make the money without having to slave away for it or being away from home. So this one I'm saying that later, I actually did go into consulting briefly for about a year, but I quickly discovered that if I wasn't on the phone with clients, I wasn't getting paid. So that made the, cons the whole consulting gig for me kind of yucky. And so I moved away from that. I transitioned from that. And now the model is completely different. I moved into a more leveraged model where I still deliver the value for people, but I don't have to do it in person. In fact, anything that requires me to work in person or get on the phone usually is not a good thing for me with, you know, a rare exception, such as maybe this interview or maybe a webinar. I try to do everything in a leveraged way. So for example, I won't do a one-on-one -on -one sales call. I'll do a webinar where I present to an audience of 500 people. I won't, you know, write an email to one person. I'll have my email list and I'll blast an email to 50,000 people on my list. So everything I do has to be leveraged, has to be duplicatable. And if, if it's something I have to do over and over and over and over and over again, I find a way to systematize it. Got it. I have so many questions, Igor. Let's start. And this is one of the things um, I've had podcast communities over over the years. And everybody wants to know, how do I grow my podcast? How do I grow my podcast brand? How do I grow my business? And I'm, I feel like a, a street preacher. Like I'm always preaching email list, email list, email list. Now, it seems like I'm not crazy, right? Email list is important. Talk about that a little bit and, and maybe give us some hints on how do you begin to shift your mindset around, number one, what an email list is and how do you effectively build one? Well, when you say email list, I want to say, oh, yeah, because it's been the the absolute foundation to every single dollar I've ever made, I guess, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. A list has been tremendous and, and instrumental in that because any business, if they have an email list, can quite literally triple their income without having to do anything other than mail their list often with different offers, events, whatever that is. I mean, there's a reason why people like Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Russell Bronson, if we're talking podcasting, uh, what's this guy's name? The the guy on fire, John Lee Duma. Yeah, that guy, the smart passive income guy. Like they all have an email list and they all mail that list a lot. If you get on their list, you start getting emails like nonstop. And the reason is because email is still the number one media to get response from people and customers in general. If you want to sell an idea, if you want to sell a product, if you want to get a an audience to listen to your next podcast, or if you really just want people to hang on your every word and to support your every cause, it's the email list that you're looking to, to build. Because first off, you control it. Because if you've got a Facebook audience or a Facebook group, Facebook controls that. If they want to censor you and kick you out, they will do that. You don't have control over the algorithm either. There used to be a time on Facebook when you could have 5,000 friends, you could post something and 5,000 friends would actually see it. These days, you can have 5,000 friends on Facebook where you, you post and only like five will see it. Why? Because Facebook will push the paid ads on their feed, right? They're not going to push 
the free content. Same thing with TikTok. Right now, people are all about TikTok, but I know a few people who make a full-time living off of TikTok who have to restart over and over and over again every two to three months because they have their accounts shut down. And they don't, they don't even run paid ads. They just run the regular content and they constantly get banned. In fact, my 10-year-old daughter already has a TikTok ban behind her belt, so to speak. So uh, you don't social media, you just don't control it. You don't control the reach and you don't control the audience. If they ban you, if they censor you, you walk away with nothing. Your email list, on the other hand, you actually own it. If an email platform bans you for whatever reason, you can just take your list and upload it to a different platform because it's the people who gave you permission to mail. Another thing, I guess, that stops people from truly recognizing the power of an email list is a lot of people think it's spam. A lot of people think you're just blasting random people with your message. When in reality, the true and the only way to build a list is opt-in email marketing where people opt in to get your emails. Even though it's still legal to have people just email people cold because of the can spam act and it's called can spam, right? Not can't spam. So you're still allowed to email people, but it's not as effective. What you want to do is you want to have people come to you and give you their email address, and raise their hand and say, hey, I want to hear from you with things you got going on. If you go to a website, this really cool website called emailisnotdead.com, it's all there. All, all this says is just like a, a huge collection of articles and statistics that show that email marketing not only isn't dead, but it's actually the most effective thing when it comes to making money or reaching people right now. Cool. So I think we have, we've established that an email list is important. And again, I preach it like a street preacher to all of my clients, all of my, well, we call our clients residents over and over again, email list, email list, email list. The follow-up question I have to you, Igor, is, okay, I get it. I'm bought in. It's important. How in the world do I build it? On a practical level, how do I do this? On a practical level, you should start with putting together a what we call a capture page, also known as squeeze page. And what it does, it either captures or aka squeezes the email address from the visitor. So instead of sending people to your website that says how great you are, or that lists all your products, what you want to do is you want to first collect their email address. So if you ever went to a website that, for example, has different products and then you're trying to leave and it says, oh, op, you know, give me your email address and I'll give you a 10% coupon or something like that, right? That's somebody building their list. If you ever start a checkout wanting to buy something from a website and that website said, okay, to start checkout, enter your email address before you enter your physical address and whatnot, that's that website building an email list to the person who owns it. Now, you also don't really have to sell anything to actually start building a list. If you go and check out websites of all the different gurus, if you will, you know, including Johnny Dumas's of the world, you'll see that the moment you land on their website, yes, there's a section for content. There's a section about me. There's a section for things they, they work on. But there's also probably somewhere on the page, a little form that says, would you like to receive my newsletter? Or would you like to get my seven-step guides to starting a podcast? Or would you like to get a checklist of all the equipment you need to, to set up your podcasting at home podcast studio? Yada, yada, yada. So basically, they're giving away some sort of 
information and they use the email box, right? Where you enter your email as a means of like the key. You know what I mean? Like that's how you unlock the content. You give me your email address. You can really build a list right now if you wanted to. And where you start is you need to figure out, okay, what will I give people in exchange for their email? What sort of information? And then you just put together this page that just all it does, it it squeezes the email address. And if you already have a, a website that's getting visitors, then figure out a way where on this website you can place a form that entices people to give you their email address. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people will just give you their email address because they like you, even if you don't promise anything in return. Is it that simple, Igor? Do you just put up a squeeze, a capture page, a squeeze page, and your email list grows to millions? No, of course not. You still need people to visit your page. You still need to get exposure. Uh, which is, I guess, trickier than just putting together that page. But here's what I'll say to that. You don't need to listen to the millions to make a big impact because you could be making double-digit numbers for every subscriber on your list per, per month. But to, to put things into perspective for you, I make about $27 per subscriber on my list per month, which means if my list is 10,000 people, we're talking... 27,000 people, $27,000 per month. Now, my list is, just happens to be much larger than that, but the averages are, are the averages. So in other words, if you want to make some good money, you can get away with a list of 5,000 people, 3,000 people. Some lists are only like a few hundred people big, but they're so responsive that it's enough. I started my podcast with a list of about 1,000. So I basically, I was planning to release it. I recorded eight episodes. And then I, I had this list of a thousand people and I kept on emailing them once a day, a week before the podcast would be launching. And I said, hey, I'm going to be launching a podcast soon. Here's a teaser. And I will send like, have them check out a teaser of, of an episode that would be coming out. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be releasing the first episode. So it's going to be about X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be releasing the third episode on such and such day. It's going to be about X, Y, and Z. And so I'm constantly teasing them. And by the time I launched the podcast, I instantly had a spike in listeners. And it was enough to get me into the new and noteworthy on Apple and uh, stay there for a few months, actually. Having a list, even if it's a small list, is still better than not having anything at all. Got it. So are you willing to share some of the, the tips and tricks out? And, you know, obviously you want to give value, you want to get their email address, but are there any sort of um, other productivity tips that you can share with us that helps kind of put that on autopilot, if you, if you will? Because I know you said you're all about leveraging and, um, you know, leverage value. I'm just curious to know, are there ways that people, because you're running your, your business and, and maybe you're not completely, uh, you know, 100% digital. How do you add that to your business in a way that still allows you to effectively... Run Whichever business? business you're running, I think you're still advertising your website. You're still putting that website in front of people, right? You're still telling people, hey, visit my website for this. Visit my website for that. If you're a real estate agent, visit my website for the rent calculator or visit my website for the live map of the neighborhood and to get an estimate of, of, of how much your house is worth. I mean, whatever. Now, on your website where you're already sending people, you should have a section that, you know, entices people to share their email address with you because there's going to be a lot of people, the vast majority of people who will be hitting your website, they're still not ready to buy, whether they're not ready to buy in general or whether they're not ready to buy from you. So 
you might as well get them on your email list and that would be a completely automated thing. It's not something you'll have to do by hand. So the way you build a list is not by approaching people at seminars and saying, hey, can you give me your email and I'll put you on my list. That's not how you do it. The way you do it is actually send people to your website. Again, if you already have one and you're already sending people there, just add a section on your website that entices people to share their email address with you in exchange for uh, some kind of value. So let's say you're a real estate agent, you want to build a list. So how about you put together a quick document or guide or PDF report or a video uh, or a podcast episode uh, about the top five or top three mistakes that people make when they're getting their house ready for sale. How about that? Like if you're an experienced business owner in that particular, in the whatever niche you're in, then you probably see these common mistakes all the time. There's probably a laundry list of things that make you go, you know, it's, a, it's like you've seen this a million times and you know it's a mistake and people do it anyway, right? So put that into some sort of digestible or consumable resource, be it a text, audio, or video, right? Something that you would otherwise tell every client you work with, but without you having to physically be there to t say it to them. By putting together this resource and giving it away automatically, so as soon as somebody opts in and gives you their email address, they get an email from you automatically with a link to access that resource. There you go. That's a full automation that can be happening even while you're asleep at 2 a.m. when somebody's just wandering to your website and they can get your information, they can consume your content without you having to be there and manually send it to them. And it's all done with software. In fact, the same software that collects the email address onto your list is the same software that sends out the automated email to the person who just gave you their email address with the link to access the resource. Again, it's all done automatically. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. I think, I think, uh, that's really the future, the world where we're uh, moving into. It's more and more moving away from this one-on-one -on -one personal um, uh, treatment, if you will, and more into the automation where people can access stuff and go through stuff without having to talk to a real human. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was looking at this, and I, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with this um, this AI. You know, it's funny. It's funny you bring this up. So one thing that I do is I pay careful attention to... Um, my my children's confidence levels and i want to build their self-esteem and self-image and one thing that i've done is i've uh, uh, put together in the past a comic book this is my daughter erica so it's a comic book where erica is a superhero and um you know she she basically saves the day right and i have actually several of these now uh i have three that i was able to uh publish and uh what's interesting is that as soon as chat gpt came up it came out, I was like, can I, can I use it to do something like this? And I went and I wrote the next comic book, um, starring my daughter and my son in about 40 minutes by just feeding the parameters of the storyline, like an outline of the storyline to chat GPT. And it just produced, uh, the whole thing. And I just had to go back and forth with it a little bit to make some fixes. Now, since then I passed the script to an artist 
who already did all the sketches and now we're moving into the coloring stage so i expect to have this completed within the next couple of weeks wow i have to talk to you offline about that uh for sure sort of the last thing i want to kind of cover is you mentioned before you're always looking for ways to leverage and eliminate friction Talk about that briefly before we, we say goodbye. So what is friction? Friction is anything that makes me go, you know, like things that I don't like to do, like eating broccoli is friction, going to the gym is friction, um, or sitting down to, to for, for example, uh, write an email to my list might be friction, right? If I'm not great at writing emails, I might experience this as friction. So anything that makes me feel like that, I look for ways to either systematize it, outsource it, or otherwise eliminate the need to start from scratch. So with my emails, for example, I use what we call swipe files. Swipe file is an inspirational file, if you will. It contains both emails and templates that can be used to never have to start from scratch. So if I'm writing an email to my list about another business opportunity that I've discovered that I think they should check out, which is something that I've done today because we're gonna be hosting a webinar about that soon, I can go into my swipe file, find an email um, that was written about a, a business opportunity in the past and just kind of rework it a little bit rather than starting from scratch, right? So that's an example of how you would go and eliminate friction. Another uh, friction point is, so let's go back to the real estate agent example. If you've got um, a website that, that has a form on it and takes in a potential lead, and you have to be the one to physically be there to follow up with that lead and, and have a phone call with that lead, you've just created a friction point because if you're away, let's say the lead came in on the 24th because somebody is really, 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 you know, uh, on fire to sell their house. If you don't process that lead right away, the more time passes, the more you're, you're going to lose it, right? So if you had an automation, an email, maybe a robo phone call, that sends a voice message to that prospect saying, hey, uh, just want you to know that I got your inquiry and uh, I'm away for Christmas right now, but I'll be back tomorrow and I'll give you a call. So keep an eye out. In fact, put my number 555-555-555 into your address book right now so you know when I'm calling. But in the meantime, just so you don't sit there empty-handed, I want you to go to www.igor.com slash house. And to check out this free report I put together that gives you the five things you need to have in place before you can successfully sell your house above market value. So enjoy. Ciao. So this was an example. This is an example of how you eliminate uh, or at least reduce a friction point where now somebody who applied to work with you in some way has to sit there and wait. Now, we live in a fast food world. We live in a world where you know, uh, fast is not fast enough and where people want everything and they wanted yesterday. So, you know, if they have to wait for three days for you to get back to them, you're not making that sale. But if you've got something like this, you're probably going to increase your chances to at least get your foot in the door. And I, that could be another, uh, you know, friction point elimination. So anything, uh, the way I look at friction is anything that gets in the way of my outcome. I'll give you a one final example, which I think perfectly illustrates this point. So I'm not great at cooking. In fact, I hate it uh, because you invest a lot of time, a lot of creativity only for a, you know, for it to be gone in like 10 minutes, right? So 
One thing that I've done in the past is I've had someone prep food for me so I can just take it out of the fridge and eat it. And what I noticed is that I can only sustain two friction points, meaning that if I have to take out the plastic boxes from the fridge, right, and that's initiating the process, and then I put it on the plate and into the microwave, that's good. I can sustain that. I can, you know, take my, you know, my macaroni and cheese, put it on the plate, stick it in the microwave for like 30 seconds and eat it. Okay, that's good for me. I'm, I'm good enough for that. But if there's another friction point there, um, I can't sustain it. So let's say I got mac and cheese, but I also have broccoli that I need to eat. But the broccoli, I need to wash it and I need to cut it. I won't do that. That's too much friction for me personally. I will skip the broccoli and will only eat the mac and cheese, not because I don't like broccoli, but because I have to wash it and I have to cut it. And that means there's two more friction points that I'm just not willing to sustain. Not because I'm lazy. It's, you know, if you look at the way I work, I can be a lot more efficient than most people. But specifically in the kitchen, when it comes to the food that I need to prep to eat, that's, I know my limits now. Like if there's too much friction, then I can't do it. Therefore, I have to look for all the ways to minimize it. So, you know, for me to eat the broccoli, it has to be washed. It has to be cut. So I can only take it out of the fridge from a box, put it on a plate and eat it. That's the most I can do. That is a fantastic illustration. Um, man, I, I would I have so many other questions. Um, Igor, you'll you'll have to come back for a part two. Or, oh, yeah. Are you willing to do that? <laughs> <laughs> cool. We're gonna have you back for a part two because I think there's so many um nuggets that we can um break down in terms of friction, leveraging both value, time, labor, all that stuff. Um, but for part one. People want to get, reach out to you, uh, learn more about your your business and what you do, or just to say hi. How can yes. they do that? Um, so the best way to uh, enter my world, if you will, would be uh, by getting this book. It's called The List Building Lifestyle Confessions of an Email Millionaire. That's how the cover looks like if you want to go search for it right now. But I urge you to go to igorsbook.com. And you can get uh, me to send you a free physical copy of this book, plus the audible version for free, plus a digital version for free, plus over $3,000 in bonuses, including my capture page templates, a training on how to get traffic to your website, and some email templates as well. So if you really truly want to look into how you can leverage Lisbon for yourself and your business, this is the book for you. And you can either go on Amazon and buy it for like 20 bucks or something, or you can go to igorsbook.com, chip in on the shipping, which is still less than what it costs on Amazon. And I'll send you the physical version for free to your doorstep, plus give you a ton of other bonuses. Plus you'll get on my list and you'll get to, you know, start to experience what list building is when done right. You'll see exactly how I do it. You'll, you'll see the campaigns I send out, the automations I got in place, and uh, we'll be able to to connect uh, deeper after that. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you so much for your time, Igor. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern 
that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.